the debt ceiling negotiations broke off a second round of talks late Friday without yielding a breakthrough. Economist Harry Dent tells us the ramifications on a default and what the economic tea leaves are saying about the economy. And then Congressman Jim Jordan says there are dozens of whistleblowers who serve as the basis for his committee's assertions that the FBI and Justice Department have become increasingly politicized. Whistleblower, FBI Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle is here on that story. He says the FBI destroys their careers, suspends them under false pretenses, takes their security clearances and pay with no true option for recourse or remedy. This is by design. It creates an Orwellian atmosphere that silences opposition and discussion. And then John Durham's report demands justice, says Dr. Stephen Latulip. He'll explain the intricate crime web that is the federal government. It's all next on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Aloud here. Top story today, friends, is going to be, well, there's two big stories really uh, playing out here. One is going to be the, uh, the the debt ceiling rise in the economy as a whole as to what's developing there. Uh, seems it's being taken hostage right now. We'll, we'll get a dive deep into that. And of course, you see the big story sent around the uh, FBI, the whistleblowers, the hearing up in Congress, and uh, a whole lot more to that story we'll dive into today with the whistleblowers and uh, some other revelations. Uh, welcome in here, and let's take this on now uh, with the debt seal. And a welcome on here. Harry Dent joins me. He's an economic forecaster, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, he has the uh, newsletter at uh, harrydent.com. You'll find out a whole lot more there. Uh, stays uh, pretty well abreast of the of the economy. And uh, Harry, let's take this debt seal and right at the top here and talk about, right, so the Treasury Department has estimated uh, and, and the CBO has as well, by the way, that the uh, United States will default uh, right around June, beginning of June, June 1st, they're saying, if Congress doesn't lift the debt ceiling. Now, there was a bill passed by the uh, the Republican-controlled House uh, just, uh, just here at the end of April uh, that was a starting point, evidently, for negotiations to raise the nation's $31.4 trillion uh, limit to borrow in exchange for deep cuts in government spending. And the bill would return the government's discretionary spending to fiscal 2022 levels in fiscal 2024, and then cap annual spending growth at 1% over roughly a decade is the point of that. Uh, so let's take it from that standpoint there, this this uh, proposed bill that the Republicans put forth. What do you see about that bill specifically and this debt ceiling? Well, you know, this always happens, Malcolm, number one. It comes down to this, and it'll always be resolved last minute. So I'm not worried about 
you know, the market's taking, you know, a, a big hit down over this. And, and if it does, it'll be very short and it'll be a short term buying opportunity. But this thing about the budget, I mean, look, you're supposed to run balanced budgets to maybe surpluses in good times. And we've been in good times now, but only due to a lot of stimulus, but still a good economy since 2009. And then you then you expect deficits in downturns okay so 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 they've been running constant deficits the thing is if they're talking about about limiting to one percent or something that's that's not a chance that's going to happen because we're getting ready and and more and more economic signals show it and to me it's just simply because they put off they they never let the 2009 recession really work out and clear out the debts and all the good stuff it's supposed to do in zombie companies so we have we we have a downturn coming here i mean and and literally soon i mean 2024 we are going to be i think in a deep recession so there's no way they're going to they're, they're going to be running big budget deficits in a downturn because their revenues collapse so so this is to me all of this is academic they haven't been able to keep the budget in control in good times which should be easy and 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 we're going to see the biggest deficits in in history probably in the next few years so so the, the, this is ridiculous. They, they don't know how to control their spending. They can't. They won't. And and they'll only do it in a deep crisis. And I think the good side is we're going to get a deep crisis. And maybe that'll finally force some significant long term uh, uh, cuts mm. in, in, in entitlements. Yeah, that's a valid point. It, it probably may take a crisis of that magnitude to get everybody to the economic altar uh, for some real reasoning in the country. You're exactly right. That's it, what it may take. Sometimes a, uh, a sucker punch to the gut is a, a rude awakening call uh, for folks. I don't know. Uh, the Wall Street Journal says uh, negotiators said the breakdown in talks centered around how deeply to cut the government budget. Now, of course, Speaker McCarthy uh, said just uh, Friday here uh, that the spending levels were a major sticking point as Republicans pressed for deeper reductions than Democrats appeared poised to accept. And uh, Republicans have ruled out any tax increases as a way of reducing federal deficits, which, of course, is direct opposite of the other party. Uh, so the debt negotiations now have broken off. Now, this happened late Friday. As we talked here Sunday morning, this was late Friday. Negotiations broke off. Of course, the president is in Japan right now with the G7, and he came under uh, scrutiny for that to leave while this was all going on. And um, so things are paused right now. Now, uh, you know, Ben LaVault, the uh, White House and Communications, uh, says uh, in a, state, a statement from the White House, says Republicans are taking the economy hostage and pushing us to the brink of default. Let's speak about that point for a moment. He says, um, you know, the the fact that uh, are the Republicans doing the right thing here? I'm asking you in, in regards to their proposal and the debt ceiling and demanding cuts in spending. Is that the right move? Yeah, I mean, OK, that is the right move. And they do it every time and they can do it up to a point. But you cannot. The U.S. cannot default, actually default, even for a few days okay. on their debt. We borrow so much money and we're going to be borrowing so oh, much. Now more. Stop there a minute. What happens? If, let's let's just take the scenario, please, because you just said it with some real emphasis. I hear it in your voice. Just just talk to me a moment. What? OK, in this scenario, these both groups are pretty far apart, I think. So what happens if that does indeed happen? Sincere question. What are we talking about? What kind of damage are we talking about? OK, we, we, we borrow the most money of any entity of the world at the lowest 
risk-free rates because mm. it's called risk-free. As soon as you allow yourself to default, mm. even short term, just to show that you'll do that, now it becomes a question mark. So it's not like we're going to go up to junk bond status or something crazy like that if a major corporation defaulted big time. But but this this just means that, that, that there's going to be more skepticism about us, uh, uh, you know, lending money to us. And, and if the rate just goes up a half a point because of this, that's a lot of money over the right. next decade, you know. Right. So that's the problem. You don't you want to borrow this much mon- money is, is bad enough. But but mm-hmm. but to have the rates go up on that other right. than just the natural inflation, which, again, they've also created that in the last since COVID right. by printing all this money over covid they've caused inflation to go up to nine percent when it was heading towards one percent so so that's a first penalty but that that was both republicans and democrats by the way that did that scenario yeah and spend them for covid to be sure all right so let me ask you this then on this whole thing uh corinne jean pierre the white house press secretary says uh, there's no question we have serious differences uh, and she said the president is uh, while the president's being briefed, she said in Japan, she said, we are working hard for a reasonable bipartisan solution. Now, Biden says he's questioned out in Japan about this. And he says not uh, about the default is, uh, you know, with the other leaders there and which are concerned, as you just said, looking at the United States to see if this default is going to happen or not. He, he says he's not worried at all. He said, and I quote, I still believe that we'll be able to avoid a default. Now, so here's the question I have for you. Looking at all the tea leaves right now, Biden comes out and says, I still believe we'll be able to avoid a default. But he's not. People think he's not taking this serious enough, whether he is or isn't. Who buckles first on this, do you think? Sincere, is it going to have to be the president to say, "Okay, we're going to have to do some cuts? Or does the Republican Congress buckle or does this thing go over the cliff? No, I, they have to buckle. This this is one of those things. They, they Again, this happens every day. We act like this is new. Right. It happens right. every time. Of course, the Republicans use this as leverage because they can, but they can't. They don't want to. Nobody wants to be the one to go down in history and say, oh, my God, the U.S. government defaulted for the first time in history. And history's not going to forget this for decades that they will actually default. It is assumed that we don't default no matter what. And on top of that, we print money for ridiculous stuff to overspend all the time. Mm-hmm. So so you should be able to print money just to avoid a short-term default. So, so this is a statement saying they're willing to do this. That's why I say in the end, both sides have to buckle. They, they just, and if they don't, Right. It, it it will go down as is is a stupid thing in history. Right. Right. Well, that's called a negotiation, is what you're saying there. And the, they, yeah. you're, right, but but, right. but you got to admit, yeah. look, nobody's yeah. going to act like they're going to buckle. You don't have nego- you're negotiating. True. True. You, don't, you don't have any negotiating power if you say, well, of course we'll 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 buckle in the end. You can't say that in advance. You got to act right. like you're serious. So so I'm I am not worried about this. Do you see this Fourteenth Amendment possibly being used as a tool at the very end if they don't get what they want? I, I would think you would use that if you have to here, uh, because, again, then, you know, this is so important. You just can't default on this. Even if debt. that means you're not going to cut spending and they get their way, that would still be the right thing to do to continue to build big government. Or it, it, would, it would it would be we'd be way better to cut spending. I want them to cut spending. I mean, look, here here's the bottom line. 
And this is something anybody could see coming decades ago. All this stuff about overspending and, and oh, giving everybody everything and, and the, the retirement age. But we're living 10 years longer and we're still having a retirement age between 63 and 65 for different things. And it's absurd. It should be 72, okay? This whole thing's out of reality. And, and, and the problem is the baby boom comes and starts retiring and it's a massive wave of people. They put us, they caused the biggest inflation in history. They caused the biggest debt bubble in history after that and the biggest boom. And now they're going to cause this retirement crisis. It's clear you cannot give people 20 years now of retirement generously when a generation this big is going to be weighing down the economy and and, and putting a burden on the millennials. Back Let me ask you this. Do you see the age day. limit being raised on what you just say to when you mentioned oh, 72? Do you see that happening? They're doing it in France for two years, and they're right. you know what they're getting. And they're there's getting a big lashback. Big, people that big pushback. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. are out of reality. I don't care what the happen. This is going to have to happen, or all these entitlements are just going to blow up and blow up until people realize the obvious truth mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. any insurance actuary mm -hmm. or, or or economist or statistician has been saying for decades. This is not sustainable you can't right. have it's one in when when retirement was created back whatever in the 40s or 50s it was like people were going to retire at 65 and live three four five years if they're lucky yeah. now they're going to live 20 years malcolm 20 right. years right. and that keeps going up you can't well, you, do this you know you can't. here's the ratio yeah. work 43 years and 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 then retire on the dole for 20 20 right. some years right. that's right. not billable period right Right. You know, I hear a lot of people actually saying in my ear, not, not as you mentioned it, that they're looking to get their claims in earlier now than later. In yeah. other words, people, yeah, I hear that a lot now. People That's don't what trust I did. I took, People say, oh, it's better to take it at 67, right. 762. I right. took it as soon as I can in case <laughs> they have to clamp down on this. That's what people are saying to me. So that's actually the advice. So you're but that would really make the system default even quicker, wouldn't it? And people do that. Of course. <laughs> this, this is a train wreck. This is obvious. Everybody's Every guy for himself. Warning. Every guy for himself as yeah. we all fall but, over. But <laughs> that's it. That's it, though. And people don't listen. Ugh. I mean, I've been telling people this debt bubble keeps building up, this bubble right. in the stock market and housing, right. second housing bubble. You right. think it's going to work out differently than the first one when it looks exactly the same? You're not going to change the stupidity of human right. nature. Right. All right. you can do is sell your damn house and yeah. get out of the way and rebuy one in a couple years or at least yeah. sell your vacation house. Uh, yeah. Or at least wait to buy a house at this point. All you can do is react differently. You're not yeah. going to change this stupidity of the system. People on this sort of stuff don't don't react until they're in deep trouble, and then it's too late. Well, that's, you know, frankly, I, I wish uh, Americans would understand uh, this whole retirement age thing you're talking about, and you know, getting what people believe. Well, it's due to me. I've worked for all these years. I want what I want. Uh, it would be good if Americans would realize the penalty for runaway government and the reckless policies of the people they voted into office are the cause and the reason why this is even happening, Harry. You understand? That's the cause and well, reaction to the problem. Well, it'd be good if they realized that retirement's stupid in the first place. You know, most men that retirement just increase their likelihood of dying early because they're bored to death. 
Yeah. And their wives are ready to That's divorce them after that and That's kick them out of the house. It was okay <laughs> to tolerate this asshole when he was working most of the time. Oh, then they're God. at home all the time. Oh, yeah. my God. The yeah. whole thing is stupid. It's a pipe yeah. dream. Retirement yeah. Yeah. is, hey, it's fine to work 70% instead of 100%. Or maybe yeah. as you get right. 80, maybe you right. need to retire and do right. nothing for five years. But to do nothing from 65 yeah. to 85. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing. People say the average man dies at 79 or whatever, or the average right. person. No, once you make it to 65, you're going to make it to at least 85, 25, 20 years of doing nothing is stupidity. What's interesting, the uh, the expected average life, uh, why we're on this a moment here, you're right, was about 79. Was about, as I recall, this is from memory now, uh, it was about 78 and a half, 79 for men, and about a year and a half more than that for women. Women always get a little bit more uh, time yeah. because they, they drive them in crazy you understand so that's how they work <laughs> but anyways no offense well, they, to my they, women also, they also they also drink and smoke less too uh, all right all right well there you go there you go so uh, that may be that may be part of it but um but the, but actually we've lost i believe the numbers are about three three and a half years due to COVID off the life expectancy so it's actually dropped a bit now harry uh it's down about three three and a half years yeah. from what it yeah, was this is an unusual thing COVID is a is a major yeah. thing yeah so i just put that out here but your point about retirement is very interesting and uh uh, that people should take note of this. Yeah. All right. So, and in, in our last moments here, the the let's just touch. I noticed earlier this week the uh, there was a little setback. There was a a, a sell off with the U.S. Treasuries and all of that was happening with this debt. The uncertainty of what was happening here. Then you have the bank closures that have been happening. All of that. Uh, last word for folks with the economic indicators, and um, I think people just feel this this economy is very troubled right now, and it does feel like something is coming around the corner soon. People yeah, need to prepare. Yeah, yeah, it is. The, 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 you know, forget this short term debt crisis. It is. It is the bank problem. Okay, that is the, that is the sign that something's wrong. This is the longest peacetime expansion without a recession ever since two thousand nine. Fourteen years. Typically, they don't last more than seven or eight, the longer you have a boom, the more people overborrow, the more banks overlend, the more stock markets get over. All these things happen because it's just human nature to have bubbles. It's just human nature to overborrow and want it now and not and pay for it later. All that sort of stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so that we are, we do need, we are, we are going to have a downturn in the next few years and we are going to have to shake out a lot of debt and a lot of zombie companies, zombie companies that that are only can only pay their bills, but not their debt service. You know, so so that's a sign that they're technically bankrupt. So all of this is going to have to be washed out, and it's going to be worse than two thousand eight to nine. I've been predicting this well before it happened. That since we didn't let two thousand eight and nine wash out all the debts and zombie companies because they stopped it early and pumped all this money and turn the economy around. Okay. Right. We're going to have to do that this time. This is going to be 50% worse. I think the stock market's going to end up down 80 plus percent instead of 50 plus last time. Wow. I think unemployment's going to go to 15 to 16% instead of 10 to 11 last time. Shit, just picture 2008 to nine. Oh, oh and it's going to last two and a half to three years instead of one and a half to two years. Okay. So, so this is going to be the crash and the downturn of our lifetimes, not quite as bad as 29 to 32. Right. And, and so this is serious. If you do not protect yourself, right. sell off financial assets, stocks and real estate, you don't need 
cut your expenses now, especially businesses too. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you'll come through this and, and survive well. But I tell you, this is this is going to be something. And, and everybody's saying the government won't let this happen. The government created this by overreacting to mm -hmm. COVID. They're idiots. Wow. COVID is a short-term crisis. Wow. Why would you take $10 trillion, 50% of GDP, fiscal yeah. and monetary and stimulus mm -hmm. to fight a a short-term yeah. virus, which was going to burn itself out by history in two years, which it did anyway, just like the influenza from 1918 to 20. This was the stupidest policy ever. It's a virus. Yes, it's going to slow the economy. Let yeah. the economy slow while people are sick and don't create a, a debt and financial asset bubble yeah. out of it, which they do, well, which is not going to burst and be serious. Well, you know, like the government's motto is never let a crisis go to waste, Harry. Let's use it as, uh, you know, to build more government, right? Let me tell folks now, H.S. Dent Forecast, uh, the, the free newsletter with uh, Harry Dent at harrydent.com. All right, friends, we're going to take up next here the discrimination and bias within the FBI, uh, the uh, the whistleblower hearings up with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. All that's coming up next. This is quite a revealing uh, story here. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a CofixRx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. Uh, happy to have you with us on the mission. Uh, these next couple of segments are uh, pr pretty strong, pretty passionate, in fact. And uh, so let me share with you what's going on now. With You've been hearing these words like weaponization and discrimination and bias and all these kinds of things, uh, treason. Um, with the FBI, the Department of Justice, this kind of thing. Now, at full glance, uh, many of the American people are living their own lives and don't pay attention to a lot of this stuff. But, you know, clearly this is becoming bigger and bigger than any one person. Now, there's a committee in Washington by Congressman Jim Jordan. It's a House subcommittee on the federal government weaponization. Exactly the word I just used with you, in fact. Uh, the president of Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, says he, he filed, in fact, a lawsuit uh, on one of the whistleblowers, Marcus Allen, on his behalf. And he said uh, Mr. Allen was a top employee of the FBI and he was punished because he was doing his job. And I think Americans are going to see an American hero who was just trying to do the right thing. He got his head handed to him. Now, we're seeing that time and time again. And there were three whistleblowers specifically in this hearing. I'm going to talk to you about that just happened at the end of this week here. 
And one of the others, uh, Steve Friend, was on the broadcast some months ago here. But there's another very interesting gentleman you're going to meet today. And I'd like you to meet Garrett O'Boyle joins us. And he was uh, one of the whistleblowers right there at the hearings and was highly recommended from Jim Jordan's camp to uh, get his story out there. And I watched the hearing, Garrett, and I was I thought your testimony was as passionate as I've seen. Uh, in fact, I had goosebumps uh, just listening to you speak from your heart about what had transpired. And let me tell folks again, you, you have a long history of service to our nation and great awards and recommendations through your life. You served in the United States Army. You served as a police officer. You served as an FBI special agent. And a lot of people look at this pinnacle of being an FBI special agent as really a pinnacle of their life. It's something a lot of folks reach for. What transpired specifically that opened your eyes to the point that something was wrong, Garrett? I think over time, and, and thank you for having me on, I really appreciate the time to to further elaborate and talk about my story and the things going on in the FBI. But uh, as far as something specific, I think, I think it was more of um, a combination of things where and I'm not alone in this either. There, there are multiple agents, even people who are still working, who see the same things. And it's we we look at the agency, we look at some of the things that are happening, and time and time again, we look and we say, "This is wrong. This this is opposite of what uh, we know about the Constitution. It's it's contrary to what we know about implementing." people's constitutional rights uh, in accordance with the balance that we have as law enforcement officers. And I got to a point where there were multiple things inside the agency that I saw, even things that just I could not sit by any longer and knowingly um, allow them uh, to persist. And I, I think the pinnacle for me is after I was suspended, the FBI uh, they, they would say they gave me the opportunity, which I'll put my finger quotes around. Uh, they gave me the opportunity to appeal their decision with a written statement. So I did. Uh, I wrote my statement. And in my statement, I quoted James 417, where it says, for the person who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it for him, it is sin. And I put that in my statement to the FBI. They, of course, ratified their own decision to carry on with my suspension. Uh, even though I have made multiple whistleblower um, protected disclosures to Congress, uh, you know, I, I wasn't holding my breath that they were going to reverse their decision. So I think that's the root of it is there hmm. are, are multiple things going on in the agency that um, need to be shown to the American people. And hopefully Congress will continue to investigate and continue to um, show the American people these protected disclosures and hmm the actual things that are going wrong inside the agency. Now, when you say protected disclosures, is the the things that took place, are they are they protected? Do those can't be discussed or can they be? So the uh, counsel I've received from my attorneys is because there was information from my closed door deposition that was leaked. So that's right. in the public sphere. And then there's information that came out on Thursday uh, at the hearing Um that touched on some of the protected disclosures. So uh, I can talk to some degree about the things that are already in the public sphere, right. but I was advised to refrain from diving in uh, headfirst with a lot of the, the uh, information because Congress is still investigating it and uh, determining um, you know, the veracity of the allegations by me and other whistleblowers. 
One of the uh, connecting points I see coming out with some of the others uh, is in reference to January 6th. Uh, was that any part of that at the um, uh, one of the uh, disturbing points you, you've seen here? Is that is any without trying to pry, is any of that connected to your your particular sequence? It is. So this is one I can I can talk about to a, uh, some okay, degree be, because they uh, this is another uh, one of my protected disclosures that uh, was leaked to some degree where uh, the, the people who leaked it, they claimed that I had received a lead uh, from Washington field office for a January 6th case. And uh, then they said that I simply refused to work on that lead. But, but that is not accurate at all uh, because an FBI agent, an FBI employee period doesn't just get to simply decide to not do their work. So I get this lead and uh, I, I start investigating it. It's, it. It stemmed from an anonymous tip. And in law enforcement, anonymous tips hold very little weight, very little. And there's multiple Supreme Court case law uh, that that is indicative of, of what I'm telling you now. And uh, without uh, being able to corroborate any points of that anonymous tip, it, it's worthless. And I, so I received this anonymous tip from Washington field office, very little information, uh, no, no contact information for the person who made the allegation and no substantive proof uh, of anything that any criminal activity was going on. Hmm. So I, I did my due diligence to, uh, just gather the facts as best I could off the limited information I had. And as I was doing that, you know, I received in part a an alleged um, facial recognition uh, confirmation. And once I dug into that a little bit more, it turned out that uh, the photo that was used to, quote unquote, confirm uh, the facial recognition was a driver's license photo from a approximately 25 years earlier. So I don't care the type of investigation, January 6th, Antifa, a gang, a bank robber. I don't care if you're using a photo that is about 25 years old and then saying that that's confirmation that the person was at the location of an alleged crime. No, that, that is not the peak pinnacle law enforcement agency in the world. That is not proper. That is not right. That is not in accordance with. So why are they doing that? Why did they do it? That's a great question. Uh, my okay. personal belief is that it's because it's politically motivated and biased, and they want to destroy anybody who was present in the capital region on January 6th, which some of the other whistleblowers, you know, they played a couple clips from George Hill's testimony mm-hmm. uh, where he, he really revealed a lot of information about how they really are seeking to destroy anyone who was even in the area. There are a lot of claims. Uh, In fact, I think it was Ray. Correct me on this. You may even know it. I don't know. I think it was him, uh, possibly. And uh, talking about the fact that the biggest threat to our country is white supremacy. That is the biggest threat, the domestic terrorist threat to our nation. And there were claims of that being made in the FBI and the DOJ as well. Can you talk about that at all? I can talk about it to some degree. So there is that claim out there. I know the president himself recently said it um, at a, a commencement ceremony at a. At oh, a yes, he did. Conference. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I think that is just another uh, one of these talking points uh, where they're trying to stoke fear in the nation that there's some huge 
uh, race war that's about to take place. And there's an underground group of white supremacists all over the place that are just waiting to attack. And uh, from my time in the FBI, I didn't see that. I want to ask you, and I, this is just a guess. You, you don't obviously know directly the answer to this, but if you were to tell me, uh, and, and maybe you could size up for me, what percentage of the FBI is corrupt in your mind? Are we talking 50%? Are we talking 80%? Are we talking 20%? And how many more whistleblowers might there be that might be willing to come forward? So if I had to estimate, I would say it's probably about 20%. Because I think it's the 20% at the top who are really uh, the head of the snake. And they are are running the show. Even Director Ray himself has said that he's insulated from a lot of the things happening in the agency. And so I think it's these you know, mid to upper level uh, senior executive staff in the FBI that are have, have really... Um, brought the agency down to this this low point one of the lowest points i think of the fbi's long history and aside from that i think the majority of people the majority of agents in in the fbi want to do what's right want to uphold the constitution now there certainly are some who don't and they are there for the wrong reasons uh the 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 ego that goes with being a special agent the the power that comes with it there there certainly are types who have been attracted to to a place like the FBI for, for wrong reasons such as that. But I think overall, the majority of them do try to do the right thing and do want to. I mean, we're... Every, Why ain't they long- standing out right now? Why ain't they coming along with you all? Why? I think they're afraid. Uh, you know, like I said in my testimony, they see what happens to us. And right. the FBI is more concerned, or these up, upper-level managers are more concerned with quote unquote, protecting the brand, protecting mm-hmm. the brand of the FBI. And that is that's how Hoover was. And I think the FBI was very problematic when, you know, during his long tenured reign as the director. And I think we're getting to a point like that again, where they don't care about the truth. They don't care about what is right. They just want to protect the brand and the the people, the line agents and employees in the FBI, they're too afraid to come forward. They see what happens. They see you get your clearance stripped. You get your pay stripped. You know, how are you going to take care of your family? How? Well, I want to talk to you about that next. Uh, will these hearings make a difference in that point? It, it, honest feeling. Do you think these hearings will make uh, an honest difference with more of these people, uh, some of these cats coming out? I, I think they will. Um, I, I certainly pray and hope that they will, um, mm. because th- there is a lot of, of rot that needs to be cleared out so that these institutions can, can be rectified, you know, early on and all throughout this process, I've told people that this is not a partisan issue. This is a bipartisan issue. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be nice to get uh, Democrats and Republicans alike to, yeah. to look into the content of the claims that whistleblowers have made and are making. But that didn't happen, and it's not going to happen, Garrett. That didn't happen. You've seen the hearings, how uh, uh, vocal the Democrats were on that hearing. It it was stunning, stunning uh, to hear some of that feedback. So it's not going to happen. Everything is politicized. They use it as a mechanism to divide the country. Isn't that what this is all about? Yeah, that that's correct. They, that is what it's being used as. It's being used to divide, uh, you know, from from the hearing that I was in in the beginning of it. We are sworn to tell the truth as witnesses, yeah. uh, but then members on the subcommittee 
are are not speaking the truth. They're speaking yeah. straight up falsities and lies about yeah. about us and about yeah. our whistleblower allegations. And I mean, that, even that to me, especially considering how it's a subcommittee on the weaponization of government. And then you have members of government up there who are weaponized actively against witnesses like me and my fellow whistleblowers. Take a moment. And one of the pieces I've heard you talk about and the way your life has been turned upside down. Speak about that, please. Yeah. A very difficult time for me and my family. You know, um, in my opening statement, I, I mentioned how I served as an infantryman in the United States army. And as my, uh, time in the service, uh, you know, persisted. I ended up deploying to Iraq for one year and to Afghanistan for one year. And I've been in combat on behalf of this nation. And when I got back from Afghanistan, I got off that plane. I, I, I got down into the front leaning rest and I, I kissed the ground. And then I got up and me and my fellow uh, 101st Airborne uh, uh, troops, we, we walked across the tarmac briefly greeted our families at the time. I just had my wife, uh, no kids yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I truly believed that the hardest things I would ever do were over because I, I knew, I I knew then that I was going to get out of the military and then fast forward about, let's see, 12 years or so now, I think it's been. And uh, now I'm in this and I pulled my wife and I've told some other people before this is, and I, I talked about this, um, with Congress as well. Um, not, not in the hearing, but, um, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. The hardest thing I've ever been through. And and now that my family has been dragged into it as well, um, is beyond the pale. And I tried out for a new unit, a new specialty unit, um, in the Quantico area of Virginia. I was selected for that unit after that tryout. So it's not like anybody could have just applied and, and gotten, gotten picked or, or transferred. Uh, you had to put an effort here, and and I was one of the few who got got selected for it. I was really looking forward to the new assignment, but yes, uh, my wife was pregnant. The FBI knew that because yeah. uh, uh, leading into that transfer, and you know, a, a woman is pregnant for about nine months, so they they knew my chain of command knew uh, my chain of command at the new unit knew this, and then um, we sold our house in Kansas and we were staying in an Airbnb, you know, my youngest daughter has never lived in her own home. Mm. And she was born while we were staying in that air Airbnb in Kansas. We stayed there for about another week. So my wife could start to recover. And then we traveled to Wisconsin. We thought for uh, just a visit to visit family and let them meet uh, Lucy, our, our youngest daughter who had just been born because we thought we were moving to Virginia. And how long we, ago was that? What year was that? So that was just this past year. Um, in September of 2022, this happened. While we were in Wisconsin, um, I was in contact with my new unit, my new supervisor there, and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come there and report um, on on September 26th, the Monday." So I drove. They let me drive there on my own uh, with one of our personal vehicles. Mm-hmm. I drove there on Sunday the 25th. I showed up to work Monday the 26th. And I was promptly suspended. And uh, at at that time, we had not yet closed on the house in Virginia because, uh, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just a timing issue. We were about to close approximately one week later. Uh, So I was going to work for a week and get settled in at the new position and then head back to Wisconsin, pick up the family and and drive, drive everybody down and close on on our house. Uh, We were never, never able to do that. Uh, So, yeah, the FBI. How many children do you have? Just the one or? I've got four. four. You've got four children. Wow. Yeah. All right. 
All right. So that was uh, all right. So you have four children. So this was uh, this is wow. This this was uh, a grave situation for you. Clearly, was, uh, yep. uh, well, you've been through an awful lot here. What's your sense, your heart feel right now about all this? Uh, the last moment or so we have left, but I'd really like to, um, what do you hope to really, what could happen with all this? You see the hearings, you see Jordan on the case. Are you optimistic at all? I mean, this is a tall order, buddy. It is. You know, on my best days, I have just, I have very little optimism. I, I really do hope and pray that some real change uh, can occur, but I just wonder if um, wow. there's too much bloated rot in the bureaucracy at the top, mm. and mm. and I, I hope that's not the case, or I hope that wow. that Congress can 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 get rid of some of that to some yeah. degree, and yeah. and I don't know. I mean, there there must be a way to fix it because America is too strong. We're too strong as a people when we come together. Uh, to not fix something like this. Amen. Amen. You you say uh, the way you just say on your best days, uh, you know, uh, you know that um, you, you know you're you're having trouble with optim uh, being optimist. Um, that that's just very striking what you say there. We we certainly applaud you, uh, Special Agent uh, Garrett O'Boyle, and I use the special agent intentionally, sir. You know. Uh, thank you they told me i can't identify as that anymore so yeah, yeah. but I, well, I, I can that. i can identify you as that so yes. to, hell, to hell with them uh yeah. you deserve it you've, you've you've earned that uh point here and uh we uh stand uh arm in arm with you and uh, and all that uh that stand here for for liberty and justice in our nation um and you end here and i, I want to give this phrase out here in your testimony uh you say I couldn't knowingly continue on this path silently without speaking out against the weaponization I witnessed, even if it meant losing my job, my career, my livelihood, my family's home, and now even my anonymity. It's up to members of this committee, current and former FBI employees, and indeed all Americans, to ensure that the weaponization of our own government against the people comes to an end, no matter the personal cost. You've had a great personal cost in this, Garrett O'Boyle, for sure. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Thank you for having me. Okay, friends, that is uh, Garrett O'Boyle, the um, special agent um, FBI. Uh, what a story. What, a, what an unbelievable story. If your heart isn't pounding, I, I, you know, check your pulse and see. But it is, it is um, remarkable and somewhat uh, very sad and disturbing what's taken place at the highest levels of government and, and in these bureaucracies, for sure. You 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 size it up yourself and see what you think, friends. Well, listen, we'll take a quick pause here right now. and We'll join in just a moment here. Dr. Stephen Latula will join us on this uh, federal uh, government weaponization. Uh, back again, the FBI justice. You see John Durham's report and all of this ties into a lot of this weaponization happening right there. It is uh, on so many levels, uh, it is uh, discouraging. Stay right there, friends. More Viewpoint in just a moment. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. 
The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and thank you, friends, for joining us on the mission. Uh, before we continue on with the broadcast here, I want to just mention to you with Garrett O'Boyle, who you just heard, uh, what an amazing story, an amazing patriot and man. Can you imagine being in that position of wanting to do the right thing and then finding yourself where how are you going to support your family with children and, and loved ones and all of that? Well, there are some, there are a couple of connections I want to tell you that are helping with the fight to provide money uh, to Garrett O'Boyle and the other whistleblowers as well. The links will be in this broadcast when it goes to podcast. But I want to tell you, it's trending on Give, Send, Go now. If you go to GiveSendGo.com, you'll see it. It's a campaign from Kyle Serafin. On, uh, and Garrett told me personally that th- th- this is why he's been able to pay the bills. You've heard the story yourself. So uh, without elaborating there further, uh, but that money that's being raised is going directly to these people. So I want you to know that. And we'll put the links in the podcast. And there's another one too, uh, Cash uh, uh, Patel, A Fight With Cash, K-A-S-H, as you know, probably, .com is another site. He also is equally providing uh, to uh, people like Garrett O'Boyle and the whistleblowers and those who need it. So I got to give a shout out to that, please. Okay. All right. And then one huge footnote uh, I'm going to tell you about here, and that is the return of the voice of a nation uh, to the uh, broadcast of America Out Loud uh, talk radio network. We went on hiatus, as you may recall, at the end of November. Uh, I had to personally go on hiatus with the uh, daily broadcast. Uh, because of the expansion of the network and all the things that were taking place at America Out Loud. Well, I'm happy to report that this Thursday on the 25th of May, uh, we are coming back now in a new time slot uh, with the voice of a nation. Uh, and it will be called, well, you'll see the time because it's in the title, Malcolm at 8. Very, very simple, Malcolm at 8. And you'll be able to hear us at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, daily. Uh, with all the daily news and a whole new format and forum. Tune in to hear more about that on Thursday, the 25th. Malcolm at 8, the voice of a nation, uh, right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. We'll resume there with a whole new format, friends. I think you'll enjoy. Uh, and also, by the way, an on-call will play at 8 a.m. in the mornings if you miss it. Uh, so it'll always be 8, right? Easy to remember. Malcolm at 8. Uh, there you go there. Uh, so let's join in now here. I want to talk. continue talking about the uh, federal government weaponization. Uh, the FBI justice, the bankrupting of America, and health crisis. And this is the weaponization we're speaking about now. Uh, joining me on the broadcast now is Dr. Stephen Latula, as a physician board certified family medicine, retired United States Air Force officer, ordained minister, 
author of the book, Unity Without Compromise. It's in the bookstore and on Amazon, and you'll see it right in the America Out Loud bookstore. By the way, all those books are amazing in the bookstore there. Check those out, please. The link is right there on americaoutloud.com. Uh, the article, the op-ed that Dr. Latuto pairs up, uh, FBI commits treason, Durham's report demands justice. Uh, he says here, this is the latest revelation into the domestic coup, a dynamics. It comes from a special counsel, John Durham. His years-long investigation yielded up 306 pages detailing the tactics of a weaponized, politicized FBI working in corroboration with one crooked Hillary Clinton and a whole bunch of other cats, I would add to that. But that's where it starts there. Okay, Dr. Latula, let's jump into You talk about the Black Widow government uh, and you speak about uh, several things here with John Durham. What's the biggest thing right out of the gate that Americans should take from this John Durham report and the lack of justice? Well, thank you for having me, Malcolm. Um, I got to tell you that the report was impressive uh, in the sense that it provided us with uh, just clear-cut evidence that there truly is a conspiracy going on. A sedition is taking place in America, and it involves high treason. There's just no doubt about that. But on the flip side of it, really, uh, Mr. Durham told us nothing that we didn't already know. I mean, it's beyond suspicion because we have so much evidence for that. And unfortunately, I believe that the impact of Durham's report will have zero effect with regard to meeting out justice where it belongs. You uh, have this one statement. The Black Widow government weaved an intricate crime web. This involved conspiracy, sedition, money laundering, fraud, human trafficking, insider trading, waste of taxpayer money, election fraud, murder, abuse of many innocent people and treason. But doesn't matter to anyone. Now, those are some pretty revealing uh, points you have in there. They're, they're not casual by any stretch. Um, what should Americans take from that statement? And, and, and how do we prove any of that, Stephen? Well, I, I would say let's look at the current evidence. So take, for example, uh, the whole fiasco um, with the Wuhan China virus, the Wuhan lab, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. That was truly planned, and that's been pretty well demonstrated. Well, a lot of people think that that is in the past now. The pandemic has been declared over the uh, messenger RNA vaccine program, uh, the COVID-19 shots were suddenly uh, silently removed. So on they go. And right now we have a, a new conspiracy that is actually um, continuing the Wuhan program. And that's right here in Colorado. The Colorado State University right now is constructing a new research facility to study bat diseases. And they are fully NIH funded. And the big question, of course, is will this be more gain of function research? Because that's what sent them to the Wuhan lab from the United States because that was declared illegal. But uh, Colorado State uh, University claims itself to be the world leader in research on zoonotic infections. Uh, they've studied dengue fever, West Nile virus, Zika, and how many others. But for the past uh, 25, 30 years or more, these researchers are actually uh, working on bioweapons and now they are building this lab. And of course, they're telling us, oh, no, nothing to see here. This is not anything serious. We're not going to do gain of function. And um, that's a lie. And it's being proven already. We know that some of them specialize, the researchers there, specialize in weaponizing insects and biowarfare agents 
for specifically for delivery to humans. And so this new lab is going to greatly increase their or offensive biowarfare capabilities. And we are going to be the victims. of yeah. that. We will yeah. be subject. And it's not just that lab. It's a whole lot of labs around the world, which makes you really uh, should everybody be concerned because of what we see, what transpired here. Uh, you know, there, I did a, um, a broadcast, uh, Stephen, with um, uh, Peter McCullough, uh, Dr. McCullough, this past w- week as well. Uh, and you might have seen it. Uh, the Eco Health Alliance receives NIH renewal grant for collaborative research to understand the risk of bat coronavirus spillover emergence. And and we and this is repeated in a lot of labs. But this is back to the NIH and the Eco Health uh, with Peter Dayzak and all of that and the criminology that went on there. And I asked the question, and I asked you, have we learned anything from these past few years? Uh, that's a great question, and uh, it depends on how you define we. Uh, some of us <laughs> have learned some tremendously good lessons, but I think that um, there's still a segment of the American population that still trusts the government, and that's a grave mistake. I mean, if we haven't caught on by now, I think these people, uh, hopefully they'll, they'll catch on as their uh, children, their offspring, their, their families and friends die off from the effects of the spike protein through that bioweapon. Right. But have we learned a lesson? Uh, if not, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity in the present and immediate future for us to learn more lessons. All right. Now, let me ask you this. I, I, I'm glad we just covered the, the, the uh, I was really pleased with the health crisis and people, uh, so people can understand the, the weaponization of what took place with COVID and these labs and all that. But getting back to John Derma moment, I, I you know, I, I want to ask you here, I see a lot of the media reports. I see a lot of the headlines. I see a lot of the commentary on both sides. Uh, and I see, you know, the left basically saying that John Durham is out of his mind and needs to have a mental health checkup, so on and so forth. Okay, fine. And then I see the right applauding John Durham with the stats of basically he called it out, as you say, well, here's what happened. And it's, it's pretty egregious when you connect the dots. If John Durham seen all the criminal behavior he's seen, and he was able to ascertain what he was able to ascertain throughout his investigations, having complete subpoena power and all the things he had. Why is it nobody did was held accountable? Why are there no handcuffs happening here? What's the reason for that? Well, the reason is they have full control of the situation. They have control of the economy. They have control of most of the judicial system, the DOJ. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems even the Supreme Court justices are bipolar. We never know how they will decide. We still do not understand why they will not rule or even take a look at the stolen elections, which occurred in 2016, 18, 2020, and 22. And, uh, you know, if we don't even know um, what's going to happen in 2024, if there will even be an election and if there will be a fair one. And if this is election in 24 is stolen what will we do where do we go from there when you say they is john durham part of they well i guess again you'd have to define they if you know well i would ask you i was trying to follow your definition of actually what okay so sure sure that makes sense so what i would say about durham is i think he did a fine job uh exposing uh the facts 
Um, but then again, look at how much time it took him to put out this report. Now, if I was given that assignment, it seems to me, and maybe I'm naive here, but it seems to me I could have done it in a shorter amount of time. So the question has been raised, well, why did he take so long? And of course, there is uh, you know, only so much time that you can go after someone um, for something like that. Uh, there's a statute of limitations on many crimes in five years where you cannot uh, go after them anymore. One of the great exceptions, of course, is treason. And treason has certainly taken place. And of course, that goes right back to Obama. If you look at every one of these categories where our government is, is attacking us, Obama has his hands in every single one of those categories. And look, he still runs free. He's still lecturing. This guy is a free man, and he is probably one of our primary enemy targets, or he should be a target, right. simply because of what the harm he has done to America. But who would stop Durham uh, from what, you know, saying some things at the end? Here are the people who should at least make recommendations on who should be uh, counted for in the public square. Who stopped him from doing that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I wonder. I, I really wonder this. Do you? Well, you always wonder if they, you know, how many threats have they received? Uh, ha has the FBI been talking to him and the CIA or whatever? That's what I'm wondering. Do you think he stopped short just because he was sort of, I, I'm just wondering. I don't know. I'm asking. Do you think well, John you know, Durham, because, you know, what? Right. Well, given human nature, I think that we all have a little bit of a protective instinct. And the big problem here is like, uh, you know, what's got to change? Even Rapper Ice Cube said something's got to change. Yeah, we need we need to have a different strategy. But nobody wants to go out there and just be a martyr for martyrs sake, because, uh, you know, if we go after these guys, they're going to take us down unless we the opposing party today are more powerful, higher in number and and more effective as an opposing force. If that cannot happen, then we are just become all sacrificial lambs and nothing changes. Uh, we, we'll see if anything else becomes. But it looks like Durham's report is what it is now. And it looks like there's a trend, um, Dr. Tulip, that there is never accountability for the crimes that have taken place unless you're closely associated to, to Trump, then that you can count on that. But other than that, everybody seems to, uh, am I overstating that? No, that, that's an absolute uh, given. If you are uh, a liberal leftist, you have free reign. If you are conservative and possess in your heart the values of America, you are an enemy to the domestic government that we have right now, a domestic enemy, in my opinion. Well, friends, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, that's about it. Uh, Dr. Stephen LaTulip, uh, appreciate your um, uh, major contributions, your, your, your write-ins and your, your show. And, and by the way, friends, unity without compromise. You hear that on America Out Loud Talk Radio every Saturday and Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern time on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Our weekend lineup is incredible uh, of programming from, from morning to night. Well, listen, this uh, is a wrap here. The federal government weaponization, FBI justice, the bankrupting of America and the health crisis, all of it combined. We've covered today on Viewpoint this Sunday. 
I would ask you again, please, to share this many times over. Need to share viewpoint and share all the content and all the hard work that our esteemed uh, fellow colleagues and patriots are working hard back at America Out Loud, but I need you to share, 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 please. Get it out there everywhere you can. I ask that of you. I'm gonna continue to ask that of you. That's the most important thing as we get the out loud truth out there. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud. America.